Well, hello everyone. It is time for some announcements heading your way. Hey, coming up, March 29th is our next jam night. I'm inviting everyone who who likes to sing uh, to join us. You know, we'll have chord charts provided. Uh, if you play an instrument, any instrument, you're welcome to bring it. And uh, th that's like the only night I will allow tambourines here in the facility. If you do have one, you'll be encouraged to play it quietly, uh, but you can bring one. <laughs> I'm just joking. So that's March 29th, 6.30 p.m. Check out the app for more details on our next jam night. Uh, also coming up, we'll have one more youth. That'll be on April 5th. Uh, it's 6.30 p.m. Our youth group's amazing. Uh, we invite middle schoolers and high schoolers to join us. We, you know, we always have pizza here, and we, we teach out of the Bible. We do worship, and we play some fun games. Uh, we do that on the first Wednesday of the month. So, uh, yeah, if you know middle schoolers or high schoolers, or you are one, join us for that. Also, uh, please keep in mind Easter weekend is coming up, April 8th and 9th. Uh, April 8th, we will have a baptism at 9 a.m. at Bay of Honda Beach. We go to Calusa side. If you've never been baptized before, do it. You can sign up on the app. Super important thing to do. Uh, also, Easter weekend, we will have five five services. We do a Saturday evening service that will be the same as our Sunday morning services. And then on Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday, we will have four services. We do our normal 8, 9, 30, and 11, and we will have a 6.30 a.m. sunrise service as well. It's a little more laid back, the sunrise service. We do some acoustic stuff, and uh, it's really hard to play rock and roll at 6.30 in the morning, but uh, <laughs> we, do, we do a nice little acoustic set, and that will be great. It's an indoor air-conditioned sunrise service. So uh, if that's something that you like to do, you know, for traditions, great opportunity there. There will be hot coffee. And uh, that's really all the announcements that I have. Keep downloading the app and let's get ready for church. Woo! Hey everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to go. And uh, we had a great time of worship earlier. So we're looking forward to that again with you. Then we're in our series, Questions Jesus Asked. Fun questions today about snakes and eggs and fish and scorpions. So get to Matthew 7, get a cup of coffee, get comfy, because uh, here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. I always wonder, like, if we weird out the new people. Woo! Why is everyone wooing? What's going on? <laughs> We're just making sure you're awake. <laughs> it's great to see all your faces. We're looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and in the word this morning. I'm going to tell you how we'll attempt to flow through all that. In case you don't know, we're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Questions Jesus Asked, Part 11. And uh, it was really good. I'm looking forward to you all digging in. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are so thankful that we can come together with our family to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for how you've been moving in us and through us this week. For showing up, God. And we praise you because we know that you'll do it again next week. 
as we settle in your presence this morning. Help us to set aside our concerns and our worries that we walk in with. Papa, we want to stare. I need a better word. We want to gaze upon your face, undistracted. Because the more we see you, the more we love you, the more we want our hearts to be shaped like your heart, Papa. So we ask that you would continue to mold our hearts to be more like you, to love with your love, to bring one more lost kid back to you, Dad. We love you. We thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, grant that we who justly deserve to be punished for our evil deeds may by your grace and mercy be forgiven and restored. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Chaplain Duck. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal... I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I would just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus here today. We'll see the words so up on the screens. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We speak to the mountains. Oh, oh, oh. 
heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise And teach me some melodious song Sung by Do your 
you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're good to us, Lord. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. 
Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hi, boys and girls. So excited to see you. Oh, my goodness. Today's true story. Hey, how are you? comes from the book of Mark, Matthew and Mark. And we are going to learn about someone who had a very important job to do. Okay, first I have a question, okay? Did you guys know, raise your hand if you knew, okay, that Jesus, right, our Lord and Savior, that he had a cousin? Did you know that Jesus had a cousin? Do you guys have cousins? Raise your hand if you have a cousin. Oh, cool, good. He's your cousin? Oh my gosh, that's funny. Cool. Well, Jesus had a cousin, and his name was John. And John, right, he lived in the wilderness. And he wore clothes made out of camel's hair. Have you ever seen a camel? Yeah, me too. Me too. A donkey? Yeah, clothes. Yeah. And then he had a leather belt tied around his waist, And he ate things that were a little different than what we eat. Maybe you eat them. Maybe. I don't know. Do you guys believe that he ate locusts? Do you know what they look like? They're like grasshoppers. Yeah. He ate that. They're giant. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, he, he liked wild honey, which I like honey. So that's good, right? Yeah. Me too. But many years before John was born, there was a prophet named Isaiah, and he told God's people, somebody is shouting in the wilderness, make yourself ready for the Lord, right? Make way for him. Isaiah was talking about John. John was to get people's hearts ready for Jesus, right? And guess what? The people listened to John. They were sorry for what they had done, and they asked God to forgive them. And John baptized people in the Jordan River, but he told them, someone greater than me is coming. He, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with God's spirit, which is way better, right? And then one day, guess who showed up? Jesus. Jesus came to see John at the Jordan River, and he told John, John, baptize me. And John was surprised because he didn't think he should baptize Jesus. He only baptized people who were sorry for their sin, and Jesus never, ever, ever sinned, right? No, Jesus never did anything wrong. But Jesus said, let me be baptized. God says, this is a good thing to do. So John baptized Jesus. And when Jesus came up out of the water, the sky opened up. And Jesus saw God's spirit coming down on him like a dove. Isn't that amazing? And then Matthew chapter 3, 17 tells us another amazing thing that happened. 
and a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Isn't that amazing? I know. Jesus never did anything wrong, but he was baptized, just like people who are sorry for their sin are baptized. Baptism shows us or reminds us, right, that Jesus died, but he came back to life. And those who know and love Jesus, they get baptized to show to show everyone that they are part of God's family, that they're following the Lord, right? Isn't that amazing? It's just so beautiful. Are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? We can all say it together with one voice, okay? Ready? Okay, after me. Matthew 3, 17. Excellent job. Good job. And a voice. From heaven, heaven. said, This is my son, son. whom I love. love. With him, him. I am well pleased. pleased. Oh, so good, guys. Good job. Can I help you? Sorry. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And Pastor Georgina will pray for them and will send them off to Sunday school. Oh, and parents, next week we're opening our transition room back up. So that's for children a little older than nursery but not quite ready for the next room. So we're sort of three. So if you have a three-year-old, be looking. We might be moving them into a different room next week. Good to have that back open. That's since COVID. We haven't had that room open. Good job. So exciting. Okay. You guys ready? Ready? So let's think about the Lord and let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready? Okay. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you, Lord God, for everything that you give us, Lord God, for every way that you show us that we are loved by you, Father. I pray that the little ones, Lord God, and your big kids, Father, will know how loved they are, Lord God, and will choose to follow you every day of their lives. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. Have fun, children. Behave and learn and try and do all three of those things. It's, it's funny. We're getting the uh, transition room back opened, which we always used uh, before COVID. And, and space here is a premium. So we had... Uh, so every inch, you know, gets used. And so that room was empty and it kept becoming other things, mostly storage. And I'd have to get it, get everything out of there, and we'd sort of. And, but now it's all ready to go, and we're happy about that. So very cool. Welcome to the vineyard. Very glad to have you with us. I asked last night. I wonder how many times I've said "Welcome to the vineyard." Uh, if we had a penny. Yeah, it'd be a lot. So, yeah, a dollar would be better per time. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're glad to have you with us as well here on a Sunday morning. If you're a first-time guest. That code that just popped up there is for you. Point your smart device at it. It will give you our digital link for our Connect card, name, phone number, email address. Fill it out. And over the next four or five weeks, we will send you some texts and emails. And uh, that will let you know uh, 
all about us, and we'll ask a little questions about you. Also, we have gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. Nice first-time gift guest. No, first-time guest gift. I get it backwards when I go too fast. It's a coffee cup. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it's a good, nice coffee cup. It's though. an okay coffee cup. Oh, Is it... <laughs> You know, it's not a Tervis, it's, you know. Okay. I got things in my mind that I'm just Moving pushing right away. Along. Yes. Um, once a year, right around this time, we do a, it's a special offering. We call it our one more offering. And uh, it goes along with our mission, right? And people have asked over years, hey, is there something special you'd like to do or above and beyond the normal stuff? And so this time of year, we put together this little video and I talk about a half a dozen projects or so that we'd like to tackle over the next year. The video's under five minutes, and what we ask is for you guys to watch a video. Please go watch a video, and then just pray. And if you're praying about these things, we think that's cool. If you feel like you can partner with us, uh, that would be also cool. And how to do that is there. And that uh, code, if, you, if your smart device points at that, what it'll do is it will set up the video on your smart device for you to watch later. Then, so it'll just be there, so the code will stay there for a second. And infect our whole deck out front, which is a place where you can fellowship before and after service, because we don't have a fellowship hall, was built from the one more offering. And just so you know, if we don't have the money, we don't do it. We don't go into debt to do anything. No, we get front-ended. Yep, yeah, we do. That's how we've done it. It's worked. So that's good. So far, so good. So far, so good. Absolutely. Um, boom. We also pray for our neighbors at this time, every time we gather corporately, because we want to reinforce what we've asked you to do every day, which is pray for the people who live around you. Uh, this is the, this is like the, one of the best ministries and everybody can be involved. You're, you live in a certain spot and you impact those people and by praying for them, it's huge. And I get a lot of reports back about things that are happening with people who started specifically praying for their neighbors. So think about a couple of your neighbors right now. If you would get them in your mind's eye, as we like to say it, and we'll go to the Lord. Uh, Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're continuing on in a series called The Questions Jesus Asked. Um, and the, the goal of this series, I've asked you if, you, if you would, to read through the Gospels over this 20 weeks or so, which is four or five chapters a week looking for questions that Jesus asks, because he asks a lot of questions. That's how he teaches. Over 300 questions. And, and so this coming week, if you'd like to get involved, we're going to read Matthew 13 through 16. You're looking for about 18 questions. Make a list or note them or something. It's just a powerful devotional tool moving forward, because you can take these questions and hang out with God. And then these, these series of messages are me taking a question and just doing exactly that, kind of exploring it with you and seeing where it takes us. So that's what we're doing. Uh, and we're in a great question, a couple of questions today uh, in Matthew 7 about eggs and bread and fish and all kinds of cool stuff. It's good, yeah, but it's, uh, it's fun. So, um, so that's happening. Today we'll be in Matthew chapter 7. Um, joke time. Although let me start with an actual story. We, uh, Alice and I were driving to Key West, 
uh, a couple of days ago. And on our way down, there were uh, there was a bicycle group going down the side of the road. You know how that happens in the Keys. We get bicycles. And that's good. You'd have to be really careful uh, when you're driving. And so we were being careful. And we were looking at their T-shirts, and they, they were a, a Christian group. The shirts said, um, pray, pedal, repeat. And... Uh, had lots of verses and stuff on. They're very cool and they're going down. And, um, you know, they're, they're, you know how they travel in big groups and they're drafting and doing all that fun sort of stuff and going down. And, and then, um, a bunch of them had pulled off into baby's coffee. We actually tried to stop there and like, forget that because the line was out the door. But they were hanging out, having some coffee. So we, we kept driving down to Key West and we saw more of these people. And some of these people were really working at it. Like they were really trying. You could tell they were, they were trying to get there, right? And so I, I thought about her for a while, and I looked at my wife, and I said, so here, here's my thought. It's a Christian group. Do you think that whoever wins gets the last place trophy? First should be that. It was cute. It's, I'd have been one of the bikers that stopped at babies. Well, by that reasoning, yeah. you kind of want to finish last. I guess. Because the last should be first. Right. There you go. There you go. That's how the Olympics are done. Okay. Speaking of bicycles, look, I, 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 I just got this little part-time gig at a factory that makes bicycle wheels. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm their new spokesman. <laughs> I was St. Patrick's Day Friday. Why did St. Patrick drive the snakes out of Ireland? Because he couldn't afford a plane ticket. Okay. Not Wait. not great. Oh, this this one's the it's worst. Way. I've done this one before, so. <sighs> but it is fitting. Because it has a choreography. Irish dancing is my favorite, hands down. Oh Help me, Jesus. Please pray for us. Lead us in the uh, reading of the word. Yes. Let's I'll take just a be beat. Over here. <laughs> not fair. Let's take a beat, refocus, let's pray, and then I'll read the word together. Thank you, Lord. God, you're so good to us. And we are so grateful to be gathered together as your family. Father, our hearts and indeed all of creation cry out in expectancy for your return. Don't let us be a people to let the rocks cry out. Let us praise you each and every day. And Father, until you do send your son to return, redeem the time. I know our hearts are getting prepared for Holy Week, Papa. Continue. Continue to be close that we might, we might feel you pass us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking. We're starting at chapter 7, starting at verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give good gifts to those who ask him. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit.
Okay, so lots of uh, amazing stuff in that passage. and um, You know, context is important. So even when you're going to look at a question, you, you need to take in the passage because context is a big deal when you read the Bible, what's going on. Uh, and, and so there's a lot happening in that passage. It actually starts uh, talking about prayer. And you can kind of relate all of this to prayer uh, as we press in. Um, but in particular about persistent prayer, um, you know, ask, seek, knock. And actually those words in, in the language, the original language are imperatives. So you could write it, uh, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And there's something about persevering in prayer that's very important that we don't just sort of um, get in the habit of tossing up a 30-second prayer and then we're done for the day. We're, we're to be checked in with God. It's really our, uh, it's that, it's the language of the connection of heaven and earth is prayer. It's, it's where that sort of resides. And so we're to be people that are praying all the time. And, and in that, we're pressing into the Lord and we're, we're asking Him and we're listening for Him and we're engaging with Him that way. And that's to be something that we persevere in. And that's the idea behind the beginning of that passage. And then at the end of the passage, it talks about the golden rule, and, and this also ties into what we're going to talk about, uh, and it's how we treat people. Uh, and we could spend, and I think we have in the past, spent the whole time just talking about the golden rule, right? which, rule which is, you know, we're to treat people the way we want to be treated, and that we, we sort of get that skewed a lot of times culturally, because what we often do is treat people the way they treat us. And that's not what that verse is all about. Uh, we're to treat people how we would like to be treated, and, and it's not incumbent on how they treat us back. And, and so that's generally not what we do. We live in a very, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of society. And, and it's so ingrained in us that this is a very countercultural concept that we need to grasp. But as citizens of the kingdom... That's how we're supposed to live. You're supposed to love people and respect people and, you know, look for the best in them. And, and if they don't treat you that way back, that's between them and God. Not giving permission to people to run all over you or anything. That's not what I'm saying. The difference here. But this is, we, we continue to try and figure out how we can, um, you know, be good and kind to people um, regardless of their response. And it's an ongoing process and something we have to work on. I'm reminded all the time that I'm not there pretty much every time I drive. So, um, It just is, we were driving. So we were also coming up, we came up this way this week, uh, Alice and I, and we live on uh, Kudjo. So when, when we, to get to the facility, we have to go through the traffic light here. You have to on Big Pine. And, um, and most of you know this, but the, it merges from right past the traffic light, it merges from two lanes down to one, and it does it backward from everywhere else. It merges the, the lane that you think they were going to keep, you lose, right? So I know that, so I always get in the appropriate lane. And I think everybody else knows it, but they act like they don't because they, for whatever reason, they think that if they can get 20 feet ahead of you, it makes the best day possible. And there was this group of like four cars that were all squeezing in, and there was no room for this to happen unless I gave way. And Alice says, and I said, it's okay, I see them all. And uh, I, I backed off, so they could, I didn't do it any sooner than I had to. <laughs> but I did do it. And I want to tell you that is tremendous progress because there was a point in time when I would have stuck to my guns if you so, and would not have emerged and it would have been stupid, right, for everybody involved. Uh, and, and so I feel like I've made progress there. Um, but you get, that's golden rule stuff. Okay, whatever. Uh, I, I got a long way to go still. I get, anyway, 
Golden rule stuff. I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. Look, if I can't get in, please make a little space for me, and I'll try not to take advantage of that. You know how that works. All right. But that's not really the things I want to talk about. We're in this, we're in this idea of questions and how they impact our lives. And uh, uh, two questions that are asked in this, I think, are very cool. Verses 9. Which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? And he's making comparisons, and there, so, so that it's sort of grasped, there, 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 it, there were some stones at the time in Israel that resembled the way they made bread. So it's not just weird. It's like, oh, who would, if they asked for bread, would you give him a stone? Uh, or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? And, and people, ew, but it, talking about, you know, the difference between their uh, fish, and they had a lot of water snakes. Uh, that would have been different, and so he's making that comparison. If you then, uh, though you are evil, and some people might, wait, wait, I'm not evil. It really is pointing to the fact that all of us are selfish. That's how this thing goes, right? And that's just, that's why there's sin, because we're all selfish. Uh, if you then uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven, who's not selfish, um, give good gifts to those who ask him? And so it sets this up. And um, for a little more context, I want to look at this passage in the Gospel of Luke as well. Virtually the same passage, but uh, Luke records it slightly differently. And just as a quick aside, um, so the Bible is in the inspired Word of God. It is the Word of God, no doubt about it. Um, and He inspired it to be written. But He uses people, He used people to write it. And it, it, some people think, you know, inspiration means that whoever was writing this was like knocked out and wrote something and didn't know what they were writing and then wrote it and then read it like, wow, really cool. No, um, God partners with people to accomplish things. It's still God doing things he did, from the beginning. Go back and look at creation, right? The, the whole make the planet more like Eden. He's going to partner with us and we were going to go and do those. It's just how God does things throughout. He's always partnering with people to make things happen. Scripture was the same way. God's Word, absolutely, but written by people, absolutely, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So when, when you, what you see is a lot of times you'll see personality sort of, the writer's personality is in the story because you can't help but do that. So Luke has a different take. Also, Matthew would have been there and Luke would have been um, recording things that he got from people that had been there because he was a historian as he wrote these things down. So here's what he got. Uh, same passage only Luke 11, 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask... And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Almost exactly the same. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? So like, word for word there. Uh, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Which is quite different. And, you know, those, those are the kind of things that once you've read it for a while, you go, well, that's weird because they're not even close, right? Everything else is close. Egg and scorpion. So if you dig into that, it's kind of fascinating because we have the picture of scorpion in our mind about, and it doesn't look anything like an egg. But um, back to water snakes again over in that, they had some white ones that if they got trapped in a fishing net would roll themselves into a ball and would look just like an egg. And this is the thing he's making. But you know that they're not, and they're not good to handle, right? And nobody would do that uh, is, is sort of the thing. So if you, evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven? Notice what he says. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It's exact same passage. And, and there's a connection between Matthew and Luke, between good gifts and Holy Spirit. In the, in, and it's just a fascinating connection. I love those things in the Bible. And, and so, um, the cool thing about that all is that they are connected, good gifts and the Holy Spirit, in, in a fascinating way, because Holy Spirit is a gift, 
and he's also a giver of gifts. And, and I love that about Holy Spirit. So let's talk about the gift of Holy Spirit. And grammatically, when you see that, it can be taken in, in a couple of ways. One with Holy Spirit himself as the gift, Acts 2.38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love that. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Holy Spirit is also the giver of gifts. And if you were to read all of 1 Corinthians 12, which you should, I'm just going to pick out one verse here. Uh, all these, and talking about the gifts there, the charismata, the gracelets, the gift of the Spirit, are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So uh, let me say this, just for a quick aside, about spiritual gifts. I'm not going to do the whole message on spiritual gifts. We're going to talk more about Holy Spirit as a gift to us. Uh, fascinating topic, spiritual gifts. And I would say to you to think about it this way, or at least consider this, that what happens is Holy Spirit, He gives you certain gifts, but those gifts are almost always for other people through you. They're almost always to be used in ministry to other people. Um, and we have this idea, well, this is, you know, I've got this gift, but it's, it's going to be for whoever it is that you're ministering to. And we need to be careful that we don't get caught up in sort of finding out, well, this, these are my gifts, because I've seen people do that. They take a gifts test, which is cool, but then they get locked into, well, these are two or three, of my, these are my gifts, and I, none of the other ones, just these two or three. And h- here's how I understand the Holy Spirit distributing spiritual gifts. And, and there may be some that you're more comfortable with, and I get that, but... Um, Holy Spirit in situations is just looking for people, because He dwells in us, who are willing to be open when someone needs ministry or help. And uh, at whatever that situation is, if you are open to it, He will drop in whatever gift that person needs through you. So if that person is in need of a special sort of healing, or if that person is in need of a specific word of knowledge or a prophetic word or whatever, those gifts then would, would drop through you if you're open, and boom, they go to that person when because you've given it away, see? And that's how he operates in us. So those spiritual gifts, that's what they look like most of the time. So they're, they're basically moving through us, benefiting those people around us, because that's the heart of God. That's the whole... Uh, uh, golden rule thing. It's about other people. You ever, anybody else ever lose a word? And they go, uh-oh. How long will I stand uncomfortably before someone starts trying to throw the words at me? <laughs> Are you looking for this, Pastor Steve? No, but I'll have to make it work now. I'm going to look like a fool. So anyway, what's golden rule? <laughs> some of you relate and some of you don't, but you probably all will. Um, so, so that's how that's working through us. Now, Holy Spirit as a gift... What, what Holy Spirit's gift to us is that He is um, working in us and He's making us more like Jesus. He's conforming us to the image of Jesus. That's what He's doing, and that's an amazing and really wonderful thing. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that's happening is developing fruit in us. We've done a whole series on this. I said last, not very long ago. We just did a series, and it was a year ago, because I do long series. Um, but we looked at... The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 20 through, uh, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
And, and the thing about the fruit is that these aren't, these aren't something that we aspire to when you're walking in step with the Spirit. This is what should be at hand all the time. This is how you should be operating when you're in step with the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Uh, it, this is who you are. What I like to do with the gifts of the Spirit is when I realize I am not in one of those things, what that means to me is I am out of step with Holy Spirit. And I need to get back in step. And, and so it's sort of a way for us to know because he's in us. This is what's happening in us now, supernaturally, if you would, but that's who we are. We're these people. And when we're not, it means we're out of step of the spirit. And so he's teaching us when we're out of step to get back in step. Uh, and he's also, Holy Spirit, leading us through the process of sanctification. Sanctification. Let me read you the verse, Romans 15, 16. This is the Apostle Paul, he's, you know, he's talking about himself, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. Remember, Gentiles are anybody that's not from Israel, all right, non-Israel people. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God, good news, so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's three churchy terms that we need to review every now and again. Um, because we don't use them much outside of church, and uh, but they tie together and they're important to know. Justification, sanctification, glorification. Three words. Justification happens when you meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you ask Him to be your Lord and Savior, you are justified. I remember that one just as if I'd never sinned. Because that's how God chooses to see you now. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God chooses to see you from then on in the perfection of His Son. Just like everything was always and ever good. That's great. That's an amazing thing that God does for us. You need to know that so you don't continually get beat up by the enemy in guilt and shame for your mess. And, and here's the cool thing, though, because this is really neat. Once you come to know Jesus... And, and you get, well, that's how God sees me. How cool is that? But you also know, if you're, you're perceptive at all, that you have not yet fully arrived in and of yourself because you've got issues going on. And this is where Holy Spirit then uh, comes because when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit comes, boom, and He dwells in you. And, and He's going to begin to lead you through this process of uh, dealing with those things in your life that aren't where they need to be yet. And this is a, an ongoing, lifelong process until Jesus comes back or we go to be Him. That's when glorification happens. So we're all in process of being sanctified. We've been justified. We're being sanctified. We will be glorified. But there's this tension that I've been talking about over the last few weeks and we will continue to talk about that we exist in that we have to embrace between the now and the not yet. That Jesus has come and inaugurated the kingdom. When he returns, he'll consummate the kingdom. And so we live right now as in the tension between two ages, a present evil age and a perfect age to come. So, And we've had that discussion. But I like to think of sanctification as sort of a, it's a picture of us. Um, we're, we're sort of working, living models of sanctification uh, as well as new creation. But sanctification, because we're, we're being changed. And any of you who have walked with God for a while know that you're being changed over time because of what Holy Spirit is doing in us. So uh, I think that's a very important for me. I had a friend share this analogy with me some years ago. One of my favorites about this process, so I want to share it with you. He said this, I think for me, the best analogy I've ever heard is that a new creation from a biblical perspective was like a new butterfly from a caterpillar. Originally crawling and climbing to now flying above it all to such heights and views, but still having been given the choice 
to land and flutter about in those old dark places in the past. And that's the I think that just a great picture of what's happening, right? We're, we're new creations, but sometimes we still choose to act like the old creation that we once were because we're in process. And, and so Holy Spirit is working with us. Now, in this process of sanctification, Holy Spirit is a deposit. And I know I talk about that a lot, a little different angle on that today. But this passage, very important, verse 13, Ephesians 1. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, when you received that, you were what? Marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. When you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit King, uh, at, at that point in time in your life, and He is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. It's really, really amazing stuff that's going on. And, and so He's a deposit, which is really cool. I will often go all over the place with that. Um, but but he's, he's a deposit of your not yet inheritance. You get some of it now, but there's more of it to come in your life. And, and so it's, this, it's also this tension picture uh, that, that we have. You don't have the fullness yet of everything that you're going to get because we live in the tension of these two ages. So you have to embrace this tension. It's very important. It changes the way that how you read the Bible and everything. But, but here's what we learned from this. And there's two things that I, I think you should write down today if you don't do anything else. And this is the first of those two things. What you need to know is that the future promises, the promises of the not yet, are the foundation for how we live now. Those promises should be impacting you in the right now because we live in this tension. And that's huge. You've got you to spend some time dwelling on that. But, but that's a big deal. Future promises are the foundation for present living for us as believers. And so with that in mind, and Holy Spirit in us, we have to learn to yield to the Spirit. That means we, we have to learn to cooperate with Holy Spirit. He's in there, and, and, and yet he, he doesn't force us, it push us around. He's there, and we, we learn to cooperate and to yield to Him. Verse 17 of Ephesians 1, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The idea here is that we need to know him more so that we trust him more. The more we know him, the more we trust him. And and that's sort of one of the big goals of this entire journey is that we're learning to trust God more and more and Holy Spirit is helping us do that because the more you know Him, the more you trust Him. And if you were here last week or heard any of the messages, I know we were off a little bit, but we talked about worry. Worry is the enemy's thing to, to try and keep us from this very important part, which is to learn to trust. And we learn to trust God over time in this process. And throughout the scripture, you see God trying to encourage his people to learn to trust him because that's where we find life because you're actually designed and created to trust God. And when you connect with it, life begins to sort of happen in a glorious, full, and abundant way. And so we're, we're moving towards him. That's one of my favorite passages, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So you, you get that. We still tend to do that last part of that more than we should. But trust in Him. 
trusting God with all your heart, in all your ways, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. All right, last little point, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Adam and Eve in the fall, and we did that in context of the, the supper that the uh, Cleopas and his wife had with Jesus, and I made a connection there to the fall. And, and so um, what happened at the fall was that Adam and Eve, uh, what, they broke trust with God by doing what they were told not to do. That was a trust issue which messed up everything as we talked about. And redemptive history from that point is God righting those wrongs and setting everything back right, which is taking quite a while. Um, but what we need to learn is that he's, we're in this process of him doing that and we're cooperating with him and we're yielding the Holy Spirit and that that where we find life isn't about how talented we are, the gifts that we have, or anything else. It's about how well we trust God and are yielding to Holy Spirit. And, and so I, I think it's a fairly simple idea to say that, but it's, it's a little harder to walk out. Because what's happening as we walk this out is that um, we know that, that if we love God, we're supposed to do what He wants and says, if you love me, keep my commands. But we live in a world still under the control at some level of the enemy. First John five nineteen. we know that we're children of God, that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And we also have this dynamic that I talked about uh, of now and not yet, um, that we live in a body that still has sinful impulses. So I say, Paul, Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. But with those points in mind, here's what we need to remember. This is the second thing I think is noteworthy. Um, Every time in the course of our lives, throughout the course of our days, that you're called to trust God over your perceptions and the enemy's deceptions, we're reenacting the event in the garden. And, and every time that we go God's way, it's a victory over the enemy. And I like to see those things in that sort of dynamic. That puts more on it than just, I'm choosing to do whatever I want. Every time, in a situation, you choose to go God's way instead of not going God's way. It's just a reenactment of the fall. But this time, there's a victory. And that's really cool, right? So sort of think about that as you go and chew on that for the week. And we'll be in a fun question next week uh, in Matthew 13. Jesus does this whole teaching on parables. And he asks his disciples, have you understood all these things? (laughs) And they actually say yes. It's hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious. We'll talk about that next week. All right. Ministry team, those of you here, want you head up to the wall. People over there are here to pray for you. Listen, this entire journey starts by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, it's, he's done everything. I, I talked about it. We little touched on there on the gospel, the good news. Jesus went to the cross, defeated death, rose again. If you've never said, Jesus, yes, I believe you did that. Will you be my Lord and Savior? Please, do it today. That's where everything starts. It's, it, some people all seem simple. It wasn't simple for Jesus, but he cleared the way for us. Our, that's our response. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never said that to him, prayed a little prayer like that, do it right now. Here in the building, online, wherever you are, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Amen.
That's where it all begins. If you want to say that prayer with someone, our team's over at the wall getting ready to pray with you. But maybe you just need prayer for encouragement or health or finances, whatever it might be. It's not too small for the Lord, and our team would love to pray for you. I did, I did have a word during worship at this service that there's someone here that um, you've been judged in your, in your work, and someone you work with has judged you wrongly, and it bothers you. But the Lord doesn't want it to bother you. Just keep looking up and pray for this person. That's all going to change. Just keep your eyes on him. Amen. Nice. That's a nice gift for someone from the Spirit. Very nice boop, gift, boop, yes. Good. Perfect. Uh, generosity. Thank you, guys. You're amazingly generous. We appreciate it. We've had some fun this week. Uh, the food truck goes out a lot. Pastor Fran standing in the back. And uh, so uh, I don't know if you know, but we do uh, first responders outreach every week now. So we, we go to the hospitals and the police station and the fire stations, and we bless them, the people that work there, uh, with free ice cream, free coffee, snow cones, whatever they want to drop off and leave for them. So that's, thank you, you make that happen. And then he really was suffering yesterday, Fran was, he was out at Sombrero Beach, and, uh, Suffering for Jesus. And he, uh, he gave away all kinds of free stuff out there. It's a big hit, right? Makes a big difference because that starts people asking questions. And that's why we do it. And that's possible because you're generous. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And let's sing doxology and we will dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Those doors will be open for you. Head out that way. Be kind to one another in a parking lot. Uh, Hope you catch some fish, not scorpions. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for watching online. Oops. There we go. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. And uh, have a great rest of your day wherever you are. We'll be back next week. We're Matthew 13. Great question. And uh, have you understood all these things? I just love that. So uh, looking forward to sharing that with you next week. Amen. But first, coffee. More coffee, Is yes. Is that in the Bible? We have one more. Is that in the